successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. And if you're joining me today via iTunes, on podcast, or on the Grill Nation Show dot com website we greatly appreciate it you connect with me on social media at on twitter at jason grill and at grill nation show so on social media just search for jason grill i want to thank our partners and supporters of the grill nation show with jason grill as we get started here today uh, title sponsors of the show are MoBank and bok financial as well as two west companies and ryan rink contributors to the grill nation show include the kcadc i want to thank uh Tim Cowden for his support and for joining me uh, and bringing on some really great guests. And the Port KC, uh, I want to thank John Stevens as well for uh, coming on occasionally and always supplying us with really good guests, great contributors, but and also great title sponsors of the show, MoBank, BOK Financial. Okay, on today's show, we are going to mix things up a little bit. Uh, very excited to have on the show Steven Spector is on Twitter at Steven Spector 10. He's the program director of 610 Sports here in KC. He actually was born in uh, Washington, D.C., and he went to Syracuse. He's now uh, Kansas City, and I want to talk to him about kind of his background. What exactly does a program director do at a sports station? Maybe get into some hot topics involving Kansas City sports and kind of some fun things that will be happening here soon. So I want to welcome onto the show. Steven Spector, again, he is the program director of 610 Sports. They're on Twitter at 610 Sports KC. We're going to start with him today and we're going to see where the show takes us. Sounds up, good. Steven? Thanks How for having you? me, Jason. Good. How are you? It's good to have you on the show. I have never had you on, but you had me on one of your uh, podcasts recently. Yeah, talking a little uh, legalized gambling. Unfortunately, it didn't happen in the state of Missouri, but it did just happen to the north of us in uh, Iowa. So hopefully it happens in 2020, but I appreciate so you coming on. So if you want to go to Iowa. Yeah, it's just a little quick. Two and a half hour John up I thirty five. You can gamble there. Yeah, you got to go to a casino. You got to get registered, and then anywhere once you're in the state of Iowa, download an app, and as long as you're within those borders, <laughs> you can legally gamble on sports. And we're uh, what a couple days away from the start of college football, so it's uh, it's, it's going to be uh, a great revenue, that time of revenue year. driver for that. We've talked about that on your show. I've been uh, following the Missouri and Kansas legislation as a former legislator of Missouri very closely. Uh, back when I was in politics, I actually sponsored a resolution to like try to get Congress to overturn their rules. But at the time, you know, the Supreme Court had their issue. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, so it's evolved. And I think it's in, you know, almost 20 states now are getting close to 15 to 20 states. So, you know, Missouri and Kansas might take it over again, I guess, in 2020 and look at it. So hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, it's especially it's, for Kansas City, especially for Kansas City. It's big money on both sides of the state line. It's 
it's something that's becoming more and more mainstream. And as you said, all these states are starting to like to very, very it. conservative states. Too. I mean, Iowa yeah. did it before Missouri and Kansas. You know, let's get this done in 2020. Let's <laughs> let's make Saturdays and Sundays more about going uh, to the casino and putting a little action on some of our local teams. I love that. I love that. Steven Spector. So, Steven, you grew up on the East Coast, huh? Yeah, I grew up in Washington, D.C., uh, in the Maryland, uh, D.C. region and then went to Syracuse, so stayed on the East Coast for kind of my entire life. And then seven years ago, moved here to Casey on a whim for a job opportunity. Um, worked for a station back in D.C. for five years out of college, but just wasn't going anywhere. And saw an opportunity here at 610 Sports Radio in KC and jumped at it. Uh, did you, so, you did, so, so you grew up in the D.C. area. What yeah. was that like, first of all, with all the politics around there and just a different it, world kind of. I used to live there, so I'm curious to see what someone that actually grows up there thinks about it. It's different because... Like living here, nobody has much of an opinion on politics. They don't want to talk about it. And they don't want to talk about it. Like it's not a family dinner table conversation. At Thanksgiving, that's what everybody's yelling about in D.C. or on a Saturday night. Um, And they're all reading the Washington Post and the Metro. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just strange. Like I won't say who, but our backdoor neighbors in Georgetown were running for president. Um, People down the street were senators. So like we saw black suburbans and, you know, Secret Service detail, just like normal kind of, not normal life, but it wasn't uncommon yeah. to see that kind of growing up in the D.C. area. That's interesting. It, it was weird. I bet, yeah. yeah. I, I, and then, so, as far as the sports town, how was it? Terrible. It's, it's terrible, but it's growing now, right? It's getting better. It's The getting, Nats are popular. The Nats are popular. The Caps won two years ago. Yeah. But it'll always be a Redskins town. But as far as like sports fandom goes, it's really not a great sports town because it's so transient. Mm-hmm. Nobody is actually from Washington, D.C. I mean, people are from Maryland or from Virginia. But as far as D.C. goes, it's all people shuffling in and out for government jobs. So there's not that hardcore sports fan. It's a great event town, but it's not a great sports town. Mm. And so you went to a Syracuse Journalism School. Bro. A very wasn't good journalism even school. smart enough to get into the journalism school. <laughs> well, I was wondering why. You know, that's what I always see on TV. You see people who have done that yeah. from Syracuse. So that's what it's known for, and that's why I wanted to go there. Um, but, but you it, see a lot of like talk show hosts that have been there. Yeah, we've had some roll, ones roll through here in Kansas City. A lot of great play-by-play guys have gone to Syracuse as well. So that's why I wanted to go there. Ended up actually majoring in history and then just did student radio. But I knew that radio is what I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just worked internships every summer at Syracuse and everywhere in between from Milwaukee to D.C. to Boston. And How far away is Syracuse from New York City? It's like a three and a half hour drive. Okay. So not and it's not close. a it's not a fun drive though, especially <laughs> once you get into the winter months. It's really brutal. Yeah, but you have that you have the uh, arena there, the Carrier Dome. Yep, it's football and basketball. It doesn't actually have air conditioning. Okay. Yeah, a little fun known fact that Carrier air conditioning doesn't have air conditioning in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> so what do you do in football games? I mean, that gets pretty warm, I'd assume. It gets really warm, and you get exo- it, I don't know what it is about going to football in a dome. You are exhausted when you leave. I don't know whether the air is not getting filtered in, but after every game, no beer, no nothing, you're exhausted after every football game. So take us through the journey to getting to Kansas City. You said you did a bunch of uh, odd jobs, internships all around the country. Yeah, so I've been an intern at a Boston sports radio station, a Milwaukee sports radio station. I did minor league baseball summer play-by-play. Um, I did an internship at a D.C. sports radio station. That's where I ultimately got my first job. Wow. But I've done all the internships from high school through college because uh, I really focus on wanting to do radio. And then my first job out of college was just kind of board hopping for $9, $10 an hour, getting 
eight, 10 hours a week. And I had a second job working the front desk at a, at a gym. And I just kind of, where was that at? In Washington, DC. Okay. Uh, and just cobbled together kind of paycheck by paycheck for the first couple of years out of college. Um, then just, I kind of hit a ceiling at the station and I saw that there was a job opening in Kansas city. Luckily I grew up at so Chiefs you were in and I D- jumped at you it. You were in DC then. Yeah. And when I was in DC. Saw, when you saw the Chiefs, when I saw the, the, the Kansas city job. When I saw the Kansas city job opening, this was January of 13. And, you know, I said, listen, I have loved DC. My friends are here. My family's here, but I, I got to start, you know, making moves in my life. I was 26 years old. And by that time I, you know, wanted to go on dates and I couldn't afford to go on dates a lot early in my life. So, so you, you came to Kansas city and you mentioned you're a chiefs fan. Yeah. I grew up that. a chiefs fan. Joe Montana was the first name that I knew in football and he got traded from the 49ers to the chiefs. So I became a chiefs fan and but not a Redskins fan. My dad's a New Yorker. So oh, yeah. he would, the, his one rule, if I wasn't going to be a Giants fan, I couldn't be a Redskins fan. <laughs> so the Chiefs took over my life at a, a young age. Because of Joe Montana. Because of Joe Montana and then the Sega Genesis Joe Montana Football 94, my first video game. So that's how it happened. That was a good game. That was um, a great game. I yeah. liked I liked the Madden 93. I like NBA Live 93. That was a good one. Anthony I, Peeler for the Lakers. Never forget that. Lefty. <laughs> good He's Missouri from Kansas guy. City, is he not? He is, yes. Yes, he was unbelievable. I'll tell you that. Um, we're talking to Steven Spector. He's the program director of 610 Sports. They're on Twitter at uh, 610 Sports KC. After the break, I want to talk to him more about a lot of this fun stuff and then get into some of the local teams as well. You're listening to The Grill Nation. I thought I saw a man brought to life. He was warm, he came around like he was dignified. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 a.m. and on iTunes via podcast. And if I, you're joining me on GrillNationShow.com, I greatly appreciate it. Where all of our podcasts for all of our shows are, as well as photos of me and our guests. Uh, very excited today to have on a first-time guest again, Stephen Spector, who is the program director of 610 Sports. He's on Twitter at Stephen Spector 10. He's also uh, you can check out at 610 Sports KC on Twitter. And what is your your website is 610Sports.com. Um, Steven, you mentioned you were a Chiefs fan growing up. Uh, you mentioned you moved here about six, seven years ago. Um, tell us about your career here. I know you started as kind of a uh, behind-the-scenes guy, right? Yeah, so I was uh, the producer of Fesco in the morning from okay. mid-2013 to the beginning of 2018. Uh, God bless so you. five years of the 4.30 a.m. wake-up certainly takes its toll. <laughs> yeah, what time did you go to bed for that? Curiously, because I, I know a lot of more uh, meteorologist types or morning show people in Kansas City, and they get up pretty early. I can survive on probably six hours sleep, so I was usually in bed between nine and nine thirty. That's Real, tough as a sports guy, though. It is like you NBA Finals couldn't stay up for the fourth quarter unless I really wanted to, you know, drag the next morning. Uh, baseball obviously gets tough. Football, you stay up because you you got to. Football is just a different animal. But I was always trying, kind of in bed nine nine thirty, asleep by ten. Mm-hmm. Six and a half hours sleep. But my key, what I found was I didn't nap Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I only napped on Wednesdays. But that nap on Wednesday was like 12 o'clock to 5 p.m. So, like, <laughs> it was almost sleeping. Yeah. But uh, that really got me through and that helped me catch up for the second half of the week. So, you did that with uh, with Bob Fesco and his yep. show. Um, and then what? Then, then I was took another job with yeah. Carrington uh, for most of 2018. And then our boss left uh, in December of eighteen. So I've now been in the so program. So you were kind of the, you were kind of the uh, the producer. I was a producer of the afternoon and on show. There. 
and on the air, and also the assistant program director for most of 2018. Okay. Uh, so it was just kind of the logical next step once my so when, boss departed. So when you when your boss departs mm-hmm. in radio, what happens? So you were the next in line, like you're, you know, like your yeah. vice president. And you get appointed to be president. I guess, so. I guess if that's, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way to look at. It. I was just, I'd been in training for it for a long time. Okay. Um, See, the general public doesn't know about that. No, because it's all behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. They, you know, they listen to what they see and hear. Um, but there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes into putting on, you know, 24 hours of live radio. You know, albeit a lot of it is simulcasted from Fox Sports and, and national stuff. But there's a lot of work that goes into not only what those guys do on the air, but you incorporate sales and promotions. Uh, it's a it's a big tanker and it's hard to move around really quickly. So there's a lot of pre work that goes into it. So yeah, so talk to us about that. You've been on the job now for how long? Nine months. So you are the program director here. of Six Ten. Uh, what does that day look like for you? It's much more nine to five as opposed to show based. Um, but it's a mix of listening to the guys on the air. It's a mix of meeting with those guys on the air. Hey, what's working? What's not working? Uh, part of it is sales driven. Um, cause you know, that's the engine that, have that drives the ship. You got to have advertising and, you know, stuff costs money. And then part of it is promotions, pulling off big events and making sure that, Hey, um, you know, we're doing the best thing possible. Like, you know, for example, July is usually a really slow time for sports radio. People are on summer vacation. It's just baseball. And then you look at that week of the all-star week, there's no professional sports on. So this year we planned something called Christmas in July, where we gave away a big prize every day, but that takes time. I mean, I started planning that in February yeah. and it took five months to get that going. And then, you know, just like that one week it's over. So it's a lot of pre-planning, talking with the guys and, and, uh, you know, it's everywhere from on-air programming, sales and promotions. Those are kind of the three pillars of the mm, whole thing. Okay. And so, um, talk to us about kind of how it's all separated here. You have how many shows a day that are, are local? three main day parts, six, A to six P then, you know, Royals during the nine hey, months you have of the, the Royals year. Here, so, um, we have a night show that is six from nine when the Royals aren't on. And then we have specialized shows here and there during football season college football shows and and so on and, and then so you forth. do you do a handful of podcasts too, ton of podcasts yeah we have the 435 podcast network up um which is everywhere from sports to pop culture and everywhere in between we just want people to come into the umbrella of 610 sports radio um you know they may not want to hear a hbo show review on the air at 7 30 in the morning but maybe they'll come listen to a podcast at 610sports.com so that's kind of the idea of bringing everything under the umbrella and people like the hosts like doing that stuff they do they like talking about stuff that isn't always yeah, I mean, X's and O's. The and, job of radio is to entertain, right? Not yeah. just to talk the X and O of sports. You want to laugh and learn in every 15 minutes that you're in the car, and that's what we try and do. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about kind of uh, Stephen Spector's with this. Talk to us about how things have changed over your six years at, uh, at this station. For I mean, radio or learned? the city? What have you learned? Yeah, all of those things. What have you learned? What have you learned about the city? Um, I didn't, what are some takeaways? I didn't think I'd last a year here, honestly. Yeah. Um, That's what all Syracuse guys think, right? So I, I, yeah, exactly. I live downtown. I've been in a downtown apartment for the last seven years. It's awesome. But I moved in during one of those massive snowstorms of 2013, if you remember. I was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Uh, Didn't have any friends. Um, And I just remember walking out of my downtown apartment and there was nobody on the street. And that's obviously the exact opposite of Washington, D.C. Right. I was like, man, this is a lot smaller than I thought. And then just like year by year, one or two businesses pop up. The Crossroads is booming. River Market's now a madhouse. 
uh, Columbus Park is starting to have some, yeah. some you know, some build yeah, to it. Yeah, those guys are doing in the and East Bottoms with uh, Jay Rieger. Exactly. I went to Jay Rieger on Sunday. Like, yeah. there's just one cool thing after another now happening, and that wasn't the case in 2013. I think it's neighborhood by neighborhood. But man, you talk about kind of river market to, you know, the Western Auto Building. Yeah, it's crazy how much it's been built up. East Crossroads too over there. You can eat downtown. You can shop downtown. You yeah. can do everything downtown, which is what I was used to. Yeah, uh, and it's now just so great. And you know, me and my fiance are looking for a house, but I love living in the it's river. Gonna be, it's going to be hard for you to move. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I live downtown too, and then I, I bought a house, and it's hard. You get used to just walking everywhere. Yeah, you know, you're within striking distance of walking to a bar or a restaurant. It's just. That's the life that I grew up living in. It's, it's certainly going to be a change, but from 13 to 19, Kansas City is a drastically way better city, uh, and I, I could never now imagine moving out of it. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. When people come here, and sometimes they don't leave. Well, they have the perception, you know, Midwest, not Chicago, yeah. not Dallas. This is a great city, and it's only getting better. I, I, I think we've done a great job of promoting ourselves the last six how, years. How do, how do the uh, athletes or people that come into town, um, I know that you're in the sports media, like how do they – how do the media that comes from out of town to cover the Chiefs or the Royals or you know in these these big games? What do they think? Like how do they no, how well, do they, they react? They think barbecue. besides the airport. Let's get rid of the airport equation. Okay. But because that, that is an issue. That's what I do hear about. For that most that is happening. and It's going to change. They think barbecue. Like you come in for a Chiefs game or the beat writers come in for a baseball game. They have three days or two days. Their first stop is always barbecue, and that, that's a good thing, right? I yeah. mean, that's kind of one of the pillars of what we built our city on. Um, and then I think they're always surprised at how great the people are, uh, just going out and about. And then honestly, cost of living, mm-hmm. like what it costs to, you know, you have a beat writer in for two or three days and they want to go get a drink and have a meal and it's $17 as opposed to $35 if they're coming from another major market. Yeah. I mean, the affordability of that, the hospitality of the people and then the barbecue, that's a pretty good two or three days for Kansas City. I like it. Uh, and, and they spread that word. Steven Spector is with us, program director of 610 Sports. He's at Steven Spector 10. Steven, um, got a few minutes left. I'm going to, I'm going to want to talk to you about the upcoming Chiefs season. Um, what are your thoughts going into the season? What are your expectations? What are you hearing from your listeners about? I think it's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. Make the Super Bowl or bust, I should say. Last year, they were an offsides away from being in the Super Bowl and, and dethroning Tom Brady and the Patriots. And now this is year two of Mahomes being a starter. They have probably the best offense in the NFL. They've addressed some parts of their defense. Uh, there's still certainly some holes from what was one of the worst historical defenses in 2018. But this season is about Super Bowl or bust. And what we're probably hearing the most from listeners is it doesn't matter if they go 10-6 and six or 12-4. and four, Get in the playoffs. Get to the Super Bowl. And that's the next logical step for this organization that hasn't been back to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl since the sixties. Yeah. So like there's I've a never seen one in my lifetime. Yeah, there's so. a real yearning for a Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, we got a taste of it with the Royals four years ago. I think people want that taste again. And I think people are pretty confident because for the first time, at least in my lifetime, as a Chiefs fan who's since ninety three, there's a quarterback who I believe can actually do it. I've never had that feeling in the last twenty six years. Mm-hmm. I kind of tend to agree with you, and I, I feel like it's the same way. What What are you predicting for a, a win total this year? Vegas has them at ten and a half wins. I think minimum eleven wins. Mm-hmm. The way they're I went through the schedule the other day, and I thought you know eleven or twelve probably. And, and again, with a couple, well, they might have a stumbling block. One of those they'll, road games. They always do with an Andy Reid team. It is the NFL. If they lose you, one of those home games that they shouldn't lose. Yeah, if you take away injuries, 
right, and just say who's the better team, they're the better team in the majority of the games, and they have the better quarterback in, I would say, 13 of those games. So I think 11-5, and 12-4 is a realistic win total for this year. Hmm. Why is everyone so down on uh, Tom Brady this year in fantasy? I, I, I have a few fantasy drafts. No up. Gronk. He's, he's like 20th. I'm like, how, how is this possible that a guy went from top three? This is what always gets crazy. You know, you got Matthew Barry, who's been on one of my shows a long time ago. Yeah. And he's like top three quarterback the next year, 20th. or You're just like, how? No Gronk, more running game, and he is 43. Oh, he is 43 uh, his, his stats were down. Like, again, they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. like, yeah. there's a difference between being a good quarterback and being a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. He's a great quarterback. I don't know if he's a great fantasy quarterback. Hmm. Plenty of better options than Tom Brady. Yeah, there is definitely. Uh, Steve Inspector's with me. Okay, you said you're getting married here. You've got a minute left. Yeah, coming up in a couple of weeks. So, tell us about that. Are you excited? You uh, you obviously are pretty – that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's 13 months of work for her. Twelve months of me being, you know, sarcastic and kind 13 of thirteen months. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, we got time. engaged last August, so the the wedding is coming up in September. But I'm I'm anxious for it to happen. Now you're definitely staying here. Definitely staying here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anxious for it to happen, and then excited for the wedding to actually start. I'm like anxious for the ceremony and ready for the party. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that sounds like a fun time. Yeah, man. so it should be a good time, and then that next day is the kickoff of the NFL season. So if I get to be on the couch at noon, it should be a really great weekend. If not, we'll have to have a conversation. There you after. go. There you go. Steven Spector has been with us on the Grill Nation show. Great guy. I'm going to try to have him on every once in a while to talk about Kansas City sports. I appreciate you coming on the show, Steven. Thank you. Program director at 610. We'll be right back after the break. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. You can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show on Twitter. Also, I'm available all over social media. Just search for my name, Jason Grill. I've enjoyed uh, this show today so far. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Um, on our next segment, we want to bring in a uh, familiar guest to some of you, uh, if you've been listening since the start of our show uh, for the last few years, uh, but also somebody that you you probably will recognize from uh, his stints on television and uh, all the different radio he does here in Kansas City and with different sports uh, going around town. His name is Joe Goldberg. He's on Twitter at GoldbergKC. He is the pre- and post-game uh, reporter for the uh, Kansas City Royals as well as the in-game uh, host. He's also uh, has done play-by-play for the Kansas City Mavericks. He's a keynote speaker. Uh, JoelGoldbergMedia.com. Joel, how are you this morning? I am great as we're recording this. Um, you know, I like to get out and about. We've talked about this before in, in the cities we visit with the Royals, but it's like triple-digit heat index in Baltimore, so... I actually did get out, go to breakfast this morning, and now I'm just sitting in the air-conditioned confines of my room, looking out at the Inner Harbor, and really happy <laughs> to be doing that. <laughs> so it's about the same here. Um, it was really nice weather here last week, and it's when you guys had the home stand, of course, and then yeah. it's in the. It got close to a hundred. Um, the other day, and it's very muggy here too. So you're not missing out on any good weather here. But you mentioned you're in Baltimore, great stadium there. Uh, is it still uh, hold up these days? It's been around for a while. Yeah, I, I think it's held up as well, if not better than any of the stadiums that were kind of born in that generation. And 
is one of my favorites. Maybe my favorite of that group of stadiums that were built around that. It's, I mean, the negative is no one's going to the games. They really struggled and been one of the worst teams in baseball for a number of years, so understandably. Um, there's a lot of apathy here. Um, more so in Kansas City, because we ended up with a, a championship to show, and I think that, that that built a lot of equity with the fans. But it's still just, to me, one of my favorite stadiums. Really, really cool place. Plus you have the Nats um, emergence onto the scene in the uh, Beltway area, right? I mean, I imagine a lot of Orioles fans who maybe weren't lifelongers. Um, there's a lot of transients in that area, of course, because of the capital and the, the government up there, but they've probably become Nats fans, too, because the Nats were very successful. Right. It, I, you know, I don't know all the history of who. I mean, I do know that if you are in the Baltimore area, you, for the most part, don't want anything to do with the Nats. And if you're in D.C., and, and I mean, you know the area better than me, if you're in D.C., and you're either there um, for life, which probably most people aren't, or more transient, as you're talking about, I think the Nationals become a very easy team to adopt. And you see, I, I always feel like I see a lot of people in the political world, whether it be politicians or media members, that, that are always talking about the Nationals. So I think that that's probably the team that they've adopted. Oh, yeah, for sure. Joel Goldberg is with us. Joel? You've been a busy man. Where are we at in the season here? We're winding down here. You've got maybe about a month left, a month and a half left. Yeah, um, yeah, a little what's, month, yeah. what's this year been like for you? We haven't had you on the show, um, I don't think, uh, since the season began, uh, or maybe since the end of last year. What's your road taking yeah, you like? No. What's it been like? It's a, it's a young team, some good times, yeah. some bad times? Um, you know, the thing I think I've told you this a little bit before is that I, 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 I've been doing this so long that that I think that, that me, the guys that I work with that you see on TV, I think probably the radio guys too, um, you know, we, we've been through every bit of the highs and the lows, and, and for better and worse, we're really programmed to, you know, a game is over and we move on. That's, that's not really a typical fan response, but it's work for us. It's great work. It's the best work for us. But I do think... And there is a lesson here, too, that I think applies, and I talk about this a little bit in some of my speeches in some form or another, about, about positivity and, and energy. I think that for most fans, being able to get upset about your team or just experience the emotions and the highs and the lows, the good, the bad, everything that comes with it, is a great diversion from life, from work, from whatever. And for me, um, and I think most of us in the business, we can't really afford to have those emotions because it's not a diversion, it's work. And so I, I try to stay upbeat and positive every day, no matter what the results are. My former broadcast partner, the late Paul Splitter, taught me that, that you know, we're not here to, um, to get upset about the losses or to, to lose sleep over the losses. They're, you know, fans have those emotions, and people in the front office and coaches and players are the ones that you know, might go to sleep at night concerned about a slump or a losing streak. We're, we're here to talk about it. So that, that mentality has really helped me, and I think it's one that probably applies to any business, too. I mean, we all have ups and downs with whatever we do in life, but, you know, you got to be able to grind through them and, and keep that positive attitude. So uh, for me, I've really enjoyed this year, and, and, and don't get me wrong, too. I mean, when you're winning, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more fun, of course. There's more to talk about. Um, there's more that people are interested in. But we're seeing so many new players this year and last year that I don't think 
fans know their stories yet, and they don't really know them, their personalities and what they look like and how they play the game on the field and on and on. So I think that, you know, to me there's a great privilege and responsibility in being able to tell these stories. And as I'm learning more about each of these kids and what makes them tick and their family backgrounds and, you know, their journeys to get here, that's really been a lot of fun for me. And we just had a kid last night hit his first big league home run in his fourth big league game. He was the fifth Royal to hit his first career home run this year. And so to be a part of that, uh, a memory that, that, that he and his family will never forget, those are the moments to me that I really, really love. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a lot of young players. That's where you, most people I talk to are excited about the future because of the young, uh, you know, bats and the, uh, you know, the pitching has got to be fixed apparently, but, uh, you know, the young players, the, the core players are all kind of getting set in place. Which is exciting. I mean, because that's kind of how the first time around went. Well, last time around, we went, we made a run in the World Series, so that's exciting stuff. And I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of these players, uh, as the Royals, you know, just when they they get back to 500 or competitive here in the next few years, uh, there's going to have a lot of eyeballs. You know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that the Chiefs are uh, Super Bowl or bust this year, in my opinion. Uh, not win, but but make it. I think that's kind of what most people want to see happen. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, you had all that happen with the Royals here three or four years ago. So, um, I, you know, I, I went to a game the other night, Joel. I had been to probably three games this year, and uh, it was an exciting ball game. I mean, it was versus the Mets. It was it was tight. It was good pitching. It was you know almost a grand slam. It was it was fun. I mean, there still is there's a lot of fun things happening, and a lot of the players that I wanted to go see, you know, and that are exciting players, and I I just like the core of the uh, the young team that's forming here from my perspective, and I imagine from your perspective interviewing these guys, uh, they're a good group of guys. Well, I mean, I think there are a couple things here, Jason. One is that you know, and I think this is probably true across the board anywhere. When you have somebody that's new and innocent and young, they're wide eyed and. You know, that, that's true in any profession. And, and so there's an innocence to it that you know will not stay there forever. And that doesn't mean that, that they'll all turn bad or anything like that. But, you know, they, they are wide-eyed right now and, and enjoying every single moment. Um, and, and struggling with failure like young guys do. And, you know, as we we get older and, you know, you, you never get old, Jason. But oh, yeah. Do. Joe, I turned 40 last week, actually. Wow. wow. You know, I know. I, I uh I've, 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 when, when you when you turn forty, Joel, do you start to like rethink everything? Was that kind of your your time where you're like, what am I going to do with my life? Or are you? Uh... I think you're. Yeah, I'm a little bit. <laughs> I get a little bit of that. Well, Doesn't feel as old as it did when my parents turned forty. I'll tell you that. Well, of course not, because you're there now. But, uh, <laughs> but but everything hurts a little bit more. I, that, that's the one thing that I I noticed. But you know, those kids right now don't have that perspective yet, and I just I sit there and and I. I feel like I'm more aware of what's going on. You know, I, I'm more eyes wide open. I'm more in the moment. And so it's fun just to kind of recognize and watch all that and sit there and know that, you know what, this kid this kid may not make it. This kid could be a superstar one day. We're watching the beginning of it. Who's the next superstar? Who's, you know, who in this group is going to be here when they make their next run? And they will make a run. Don't know if they'll ever, you know, win it all again or not. No guarantees. But... You know, it's fun to kind of sit there and, and I think this is true too for, I mean, I think fans in general, one of the reasons why I, I sense there's less angst. I'm hearing less complaints this time around because they've seen a blueprint before. Right. And so nobody likes this, 
but I think that I think and I sense that people can look and say, you know what, we're we're looking at a young Adalberto Mondesi, and and we see what Whit Merrifield's doing, and we're seeing Hunter Dozier. And, hey, wait a minute, they're you know these guys can be a part of something. And you got Soler, Soler, who's Soler tearing the cover off the ball. And you and got Salvi coming back. I mean, there's a lot of pieces. No, there's a lot of pieces, and there's a lesson in Soler too. Because I heard from so many people when they acquired him, and he wasn't doing much, and he was hurt. Well, this is ridiculous. How could you trade Wade Davis, the star closer? For this are you, are you talking uh, about me, Joel? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you were one of those or not. <laughs> I was a big Wade I, Davis fan, so I think everyone was. But, but you know, I, I I'm often accused by people, including my wife, of being too rational with this. And sports, again, getting back to diversion and all that is. There's an irrational side to being a fan, which is fun. But that trade was made for one year left of Wade Davis, for four years of Jorge Soler, and, and now he's on pace to absolutely shatter the, the club record in home runs, and he's one of the best home run hitters in baseball. So, you know, that was a long-term play. I liked and it. And we're not wired for long-term, you know, in, in, in general. Again, it gets back to I am because cause this is my job, but... It's fun to kind of watch the big picture and see those things develop. But we always thought with Solaire that if he could stay healthy, it would happen. And, and that obviously has been it. It's kind of cool to have a player on the team, mm-hmm. which has just happened recently here now. Too. And, Joel, we gotta, we're going to have to cut to break here. I know you're on the line here, but I'm going to continue this conversation hey, after the break. <laughs> I want to continue this great conversation with Joel Goldberg from uh, Fox Sports Kansas City. He's on Twitter at GoldbergKC after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in my self-defeat. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Final segment of this show. I'm joined again by Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City pre and post game host. He's also on air during the games. You've seen him for years now um, with the Kansas City Royals games and whatnot. Also, he does some play-by-play for the Kansas City Mavericks, and he's a very uh, well-recognized and, and well-known keynote speaker here in the in the city and also throughout the country. Joel, we're talking about the Royals. You're in Baltimore as we tape this show. Got about a month left. Um you know, you're going to be taking road trips to the Red. You're going to have a quick road trip, it looks like, to Boston. You're going to be in Cleveland for a little bit, and then you enter September. Um, what happens after the season's over for you, Joel? Do you do you just uh, take a break for a week, or do you go right back into your uh, other professional en- engagements? Um, Are you going to hang out with your family? That- What's going on this year with you, Joel? I tried to leave that first week open. I don't know if I've successfully done that or not. The bottom line is that somebody's calling and and is hiring me to, to come speak to them, then, then I, I don't, you know, I try to say yes if it, if it works. I do know we have a vacation scheduled uh, later in October, so I'm excited about that. You know, most people celebrate their 20th anniversary around that date, but we, we wait a bunch of months. But you know, I didn't know <laughs> get married during the baseball season before I began, began a full-time baseball career. But no, I mean, I've got a bunch of uh, speaking engagements in and out of Kansas City lined up for October and November. December gets a little bit more quiet. Um, for everybody, I think. And then I think I've got about nine, ten Mavericks games on TV. And just keep trying to grow this business. I mean, that's the other side of it. And they're speaking business. Really starting to get involved in new projects, which I'm, I'm loving branching out like that. Yeah, you've taken on the entrepreneurial bent. You do have a podcast as well, I believe. Um, 
You got to look forward to a trip in September, Joel, in in Florida. You're going to uh, Miami on the sixth, seventh, and eighth to cover yep. the Royals of the Marlins. That'll be fun. Yeah, we were actually there a few years ago, so I don't I don't have to check that one off the box. But it could be another six years till we're there again. So that's a good trip. And then then we're into the playoffs. Back. You'll be watching the playoffs from home, unfortunately, this year. But you've um, everyone's thinking, you know, that the Astros or the Yankees are going to be in this World Series this year. At least they're the betting favorites. Our old friend Zach Greinke. Were you with the Royals when he was on the team? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had three years with Zach, so one of the um, one of the truly you know unique people to interview because he, he just <laughs> never knew what Zach was going to say, but whatever he said, he he said what was on his mind, and still does. He and seems to always be a part of big trades too, Joel, doesn't he? he? Yeah, I mean, he just did again recently. You know, he's been on six teams now. I don't think he's won a World Championship yet, but. Certainly, was a part of the Royals World Championship and the return they got for him. And this is his sixteenth, third active um, pitcher with two hundred wins. He just got that the other day, uh, along with his teammate Justin Verlander. And he actually, when he goes into the Hall of Fame one day, which I think he might, it'll be interesting to see whose hat he wears because of his two hundred wins, sixty came with the Royals, which is more than he's won for any other team. That is a that is a that'll be fascinating to see because I think he is one of the better pitchers <clears throat> in this generation and it will be interesting to see For because sure. you know he might just you know how Zach is he might just he might decide to <laughs> I guess if he wins a World Series with Houston he might wear that hat but we'll see. Um, yeah. Joel Goldberg is my guest. Joel, you mentioned your other job, uh, keynote speaking. I know you worked really hard on that. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and how that's grown over the last few years because last time you were on the show. Uh, I th- you were just kind of beginning that process of putting yourself out there. Everyone knows you as the TV personality um, and uh, broadcaster. What has that transition been like for you, um, kind of managing both of those balls uh, You know, throughout different times of the year? No, I mean, I think that's a great observation, Jason, because I, I can't manage it at the same level during the season as out of the season, but I've, I've learned. I think the biggest adjustment I made this year, and this is, Really, this will be my third year of doing it, but, but, you know, last year was really starting to kick in, and so, and this will, I think, really be like the second full off season, and a lot of the past years was, was really heavy on networking. I mean, I've met, met and sat down with hundreds of people throughout town between going to coffees or doing podcasts and happy hours and on and on. Uh, and I love networking. That's a big part of it, but I think one of the biggest things that I learned this year, and, you know, it's recently on a podcast with some guys that you're going to be on with soon, the uh, Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. But um, Matt DeCourcy and another former podcast guest of mine, Andrew Morgan, I, I saw the two of them down recently for a panel. We just talked about kind of time management and saying no. And, and I'm not someone that likes to say no. But what I've learned is that during the baseball season, I just can't keep up that same pace. And so I've learned how to really pick spots and not – overload myself or I will physically and mentally get through the season and then I want to be able to get to a point where and I'm speaking, I mean I spoke down in Atlanta in July while the Royals were there um, I've still been speaking around Kansas City but, but maybe it's once a month or twice a month in, instead of you know once or twice a week and then October hits and it'll be a lot more so it, it's, it's a lot of laying foundation, meeting people I, I mean I you know, it's really not any different than what I do every day at the ballpark building trust with people and and you know letting letting companies and people know that that I think that I have a message that can help them. And so it's been great. It's it's just been a totally different avenue. It's all the same skills, 
but it's just a totally different world for me, which has really been reinvigorating. Yeah, it sounds like it. And you got you mentioned time management and just scheduling. You know, this is just like anything in business or consulting. There's a there's times where people need things immediately, and you got to kind of jump and drink from the fire hose. And there's times when you might give a speech or you might talk to someone six months ago, and no business comes in, and then all of a sudden they call you and say, "We need your help." Um, I find that it's hard to predict those things, and and when you own your own business, but. Uh, it sounds like what you're doing has been proactive. Uh, I, I did see you having coffees a lot because I think I ran into you uh, at least four or five times <laughs> once in one uh, month or so when you were you were you were different parts of the city meeting new people. And I'd be like, man, Joel, I, there was a time where I'd have to introduce Joel to people as he was before the Royals won the World Series and nobody knew who Joel was. And now um, Joel has to introduce me to people. He, he no. knows everyone. You know everyone now. No, you 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 still know more people than me, but you got to put yourself out there. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned is, and this is, this is really a lesson in branding, is if people in Kansas City know me as the Royals guy, if they do, they don't know me as anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've worked really hard for three years to build this brand as someone that, um, that has a message to deliver to companies and, and groups that can, that can come and talk about culture and, and talk about um, building relationships and, and trust and, and using that peek behind the curtain of baseball to do so. But as much as I feel like in the last three years that I have let people know that I'm doing that from meeting them and social media and, and building that brand, uh, I'm still reminded on a regular basis that most people don't know I'm doing it. And you get insulated by the world that you're in and the people in the network that you're surrounded by. And that can lead to maybe too comfortable a situation, maybe comfortable is not, not the right word, but, but not an accurate measure of the fact that most people don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was reminded, I went to a Kansas City Business Journal event maybe last February, which I would have never gone to anything like that before. I didn't even have a subscription, and, and, and now I do. And, and I went to that, and, you know, I knew a dozen people there that knew what I was doing, but 70, 80% of the people that were there were like, what are you doing here? Yeah, right. So, it was a good reminder, and then by no means am I a branding expert. I've got a, a great marketing director now that works with me, but um, I, I'm learning as I go. I know the people part of it. I know how to connect with people, but it's not easy to build a brand and, and to get that out there. And I, and I think that's it's fascinating just to, to see that process. <clears throat> Joel Goldberg is with us. Joel, uh, I could talk to you all day long about branding and about yeah, marketing, about the that. Royals, and I can't wait to have you back on and see you again back here in Kansas City when the season's over. I appreciate you joining the Grill Nation show today, guys. You can check out Joel Goldberg on Twitter at GoldbergKC. He's also uh, talking a lot about his professional speaking and MC work. You can check that out at JoelGoldbergMedia.com. Uh, JG, good to talk to you. Have a great time, and we uh, we got to cut the cut the show, but I appreciate you joining us today from Baltimore. I'm the OG JG because you're only 40. <laughs> we'll see you later, Joel. Thank you so much, and thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. My shoes, my toes are busted, my kitchen's...